business to new insane revenue levels doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about the right strategy, team, efficiencies, and confidence. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. With over 1 million downloads, it's the go-to business podcast dedicated to business owners who want to evolve out of operating in the day-to-day and make their dreams come true. I'm your host, Annette Walter, and I'm so happy you are here. As a former banker, I have now been an entrepreneur for over 15 years and have started, grown, acquired, and sold over 20 multi-million dollar companies to date. Together, you and I will strengthen your existing business, build your dream team and process, grow your wealth and legacy, all while surrounding you with a community of rockstar entrepreneurs just like yourself. Are you ready to evolve? Let's get started. Welcome to today's podcast. How is everybody doing out there? I'm really happy you are here and I cannot wait to share today's interview with you. Before I introduce our guest today, I want to personally share with you what I am seeing happening in the marketplace right now. We all went through a major, major, major hiring rush. We hired lots of people. We found good people. And now what's happened that we are about, I'd say three to four to a month or two into that new hire being started is we're having those moments of, oh boy, is this really working? Is this the person? Are they in the right spot on our team? There's team conflict. There's things happening. And the results that you had hoped would be there are not. So I have been doing a ton of next level leadership team development and team repositioning. And I wanted to personally invite you to book a call with me. The link is below in the show notes. And if you need to talk about this issue that's happening within your company, with your team, I invite you to schedule a time with me to map it out, talk it through, vent, gain some clarity so that we can just coach you for 20 minutes for free on me and help you with this issue. You're not alone if you are having those growing pains and things just simply aren't working out as you originally hoped or intended. Don't give up uh, and don't worry. There are ways to redefine, reposition, and reevaluate so that everyone is in a win-win-win situation. So uh, make sure you carve out some time so we can talk privately and personally about your issues with your team and sort through the next best steps for you and the success of all. On today's guest, today's guest is Barbara Hewson, and she is the author of seven books. Seven! How amazing is that? Most recently, Rewire for Wealth. She is a lead authority on women, wealth, and power. And you will love everything that she shares today with us. She is kind, she is genuine, and she has done so much research on this topic and really dug in deep. And she really, within the first uh, couple of minutes, speaks very openly about why and how she ended on this journey and is so grateful and glad that she is where she is in life. So enjoy this episode today. I am grateful for my time with Barbara 
and I know you will enjoy this time with her as much as I did. Keep evolving, entrepreneur, and I will see you soon. Welcome to the podcast, Barbara. How are you today? Wonderful. Thank you. You look lovely. I'm so happy you're here. I can't wait to hear more about your story. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Really, of thank course, you. Of course, of um, course. We are joined today by Barbara Hewson, and she is the leading authority in women, wealth, and power, author of seven books, which is so incredible. Can't wait to hear more about those. Your most recent book is Rewire for Wealth, and that is just incredible. Such a huge accomplishment. And I want you to start off, Barbara, wherever you like to start your story. You can go back to diapers. You can go back to college. You can go back to that first job. Lead us, lead us up to this point and tell us a little bit about yourself. So honestly, Annette, <laughs> I never, ever in my wildest dreams growing up, as a, even as a young adult, thought I would be talking to you as an expert on money. <laughs> um, I lived my life in a really thick financial fog. I grew up in a wealthy family. And my father, who was the R of H&R Block, the only advice he ever gave me about money was don't worry, which mm. I thought was great advice. I didn't understand money. I just wanted to spend it. And I, uh, I married a man who was a stockbroker. So he was perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, what I found out very early in our marriage is, is that he was a compulsive gambler. Oh and over the course of our 15 years together, I find out many times a year, that he was gambling my money, my inheritance away. And I felt so ignorant about money. I and I was so intimidated about anything financial. I continued to let him manage it. He paid all the bills, he did the investment. I just timed whatever he told me to sign. Finally, after 15 years, I decided that this can't go on. I got a divorce, but I decided money's not my thing. I do not wanna deal with money. Well, I have this theory that if you don't deal with money, your money will deal with you. Mm. And in the next year, I got tax bills for way over a million dollars for back taxes my ex didn't pay for illegal deals he got us on and my signature was on everything. Ugh. I didn't have um, anywhere close to a million dollars. My ex had left the country and my father wouldn't let it to me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew I had to get smart. So I started reading the books and going to classes, doing all the things they told you to do. And my eyes would glaze over and my brain would fog up. And I just felt stupid, like terminally stupid. And I had three girls. One was just a baby. I was not going to raise those girls on the street. But right. I didn't know what to do. But I was committed. And I swear, we, I really believe when you are committed, like there's no back door, the universe revolves to help you reach your goal. Mm -hmm. And I was at the time a journalist writing for the San Francisco Business Times. And I was hired for writing a research project to interview women who were smart with money. And those interviews changed my life. I not only got smart about money, but I wrote my first book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money. And now here we are, seven books later, I'm talking to you as an expert. That's such a good story. I mean, <laughs> oh, wow. I was not expecting that at all. And I love 
just first of all, your candor and honesty with how you started it. You're just like, you know, this, this, this was how I felt about things. I didn't have to worry about money. Right. That's Which right. Is, is fantastic. Everyone would think from the outside. Right. But what a lesson you have taught them that, and it, let me ask you this growing up as you did, what advice do you wish your father had given you knowing now what you know? Okay, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm glad it all worked out. It happened like it did. I'm glad he felt clueless. I'm glad he was of that era, of that generation mm-hmm. that thought women shouldn't man- make or manage money. I'm really glad because if it had been different, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Right. And I wouldn't feel so passionate. So I have thanked him for not lending me the money. I have thanked my ex for being such a jerk about money because it got me and it gave me a good story. I wouldn't want to live through it again, but it gave me my calling. Yes. And I love how you said when you're fully committed and there's no back door, like you're not, you know, giving yourself that plan B or that plan C or the backup plan, right? The universe will revolve to help you. So you get to interview these women. You start off with the first book, (laughs) Prince Charming is not coming. Then what happens? Tell us a little bit more about the other books. So what happens, I wrote that book and suddenly I had this whole new career. I was traveling all over the country Mm. doing financial education for women and I couldn't make money. I am telling you, you can ask my children. I was never home. I have sent them to therapy as a result of that, but I was never home. I was working all the time and I couldn't make money. So I remember going, I remember my, um, going to, I remember going to a financial counselor mm-hmm. wanting to get my financial act together. And she was the one, she was the first one who said, you know, you're an under earner. And I got furious. I didn't know what an under earner was. Uh, I said, no, I'm not. I'm a writer. Everybody knows writers don't make money. Well, a year later, my agent calls. She said, I have a great idea for a book for you. Why don't you interview women who are making a lot of money? Because there's more women than ever before. And she gave me the idea. And I want to tell you, I hated it. I imagined these um, aloof designer dress snobs, totally boring, if not completely intimidating. And I thought, wait a minute. If this is how I feel about successful women, how will I ever let myself become one? Mm -hmm. So suddenly this idea to interview women who made lots of money became a personal project. And I interviewed 154 women who made six, seven, some eight figures. And I started making six figures, three times more than I ever made before I even finished writing the book, Secrets of Six Figure Women. So suddenly I'm making six figures and I start teaching others. Can I teach others what, what I learned? And I started giving overcoming under earning workshops, interviewed everybody that went through that and came up with my next book, Overcoming Under Earning. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And then, and then I realized one night I woke up in the middle of the night and said, okay, I'm making six figures. I had a new goal. I want to make millions, help millions, give millions. That was my new goal. And I knew what I was going to do. I was going to interview women who make millions. And that was going to be my next book and my next goal. So I started out and I had no trouble interviewing women who made millions. But three years later, I was nowhere near making millions. It was probably the worst year I had, 2009. Mm-hmm. And 
I had no book. Hmm. And I remember talking to my, to a coach and she said, Barbara, you're too into being, doing, you're too into doing, you need time for just being. Hmm. So I went and I went on a retreat Hmm. and I knew there was something in these interviews with these women who made millions that I had missed. And so I went on a four day retreat, silent retreat, took my transcripts of those interviews and I realized, oh my God, I was so focused on how much these women were making that I totally missed the far more important point is how they were doing it. They were doing it in a very different way than the world, i.e. men, models. And I wrote my next book called Sacred Success, A Course in Financial Miracles. And that was really about, I really realized I I knew it all the time, but I really got clear that women's difficulties with money have very little, if anything, to do with money and everything to do with their fear of or ambivalence about power Hmm. because we don't understand power from the feminine perspective. And a powerful woman, and these women who were making seven and eight figures, they were very powerful. Mm-hmm. But I define a powerful woman as someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. So in other words, our fear of power is our fear of becoming all that we could be. Mm-hmm. And instead, we dim ourselves down so we don't make waves. Mm. You know, it's interesting that you're saying all this. I heard this term uh, yesterday. I forget where, I don't know if it's in a book I'm listening to or what, but it, it said um, this person had an epiphany where they were engineering a small world for themselves. They were automatically engineering small instead of you know stepping into his or her power and engineering bigger. Do you think that's like, why do we do that? Like, what did you uncover from the differences of these women that were truly powerful, right? knew what they want and were stepping in unapologetically doing it to those that don't. What's the big differentiator? Well, I think I found the big differentiator. I can tell you the big differentiator now, but I really found it when I wrote my latest book, Mm -hmm. Rewire for Wealth, Mm -hmm. when I brought in neuroscience. But the Mm -hmm. big differentiator is fear. Mm -hmm. The key to overcoming under earning, the key to going that next level in anything, I don't care if it's making more money or losing more weight is the willingness to be uncomfortable, the willingness to do what you don't want to do. It's by doing what you fear that you go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And that's where you play small and playing small. The definition of playing small is you let fear define you. Mm -hmm. So what was, what was the moment for you? Did you make it to your millions? No, I I have made it to my millions, many millions in my managing of my money, but I have not made it to my millions, but I got so close, but I have not made it to my millions in uh, making money. What would be your advice to authors um, that are out there, the writers that are out there and how to um, really create a lucrative wealth funnel for for the books and, and what they're building and doing? What was something that really worked well for you in your business? Hmm. It's the same message. Whatever you fear, that's where you go. 
because that's where you'll find your power and your pleasure and your profit in doing what that thing is that, that you fear. And second is doing what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So and the willingness you, was that teaching was that, teaching, was that for you, was that actually teaching the curriculum that you were writing about? It, it's teaching, it's inspiring, it's uplifting, mm-hmm. it's helping women become more of who they can be. Mm-hmm. And that's the message. It's not money. Money is just the metaphor. Mm-hmm. The real message is becoming who you were born to be that was conditioned out of you as you grew up. Mm. I love it. So naturally we all have our days, right? We all have our self-doubt, maybe our days that might be, um, we might be fearless. We might be fearful. What keeps you going, Barbara? What's a personal mantra that you say to yourself to kind of snap you into a a healthy mindset and keep going? Mm. My personal mantra Mm -hmm. is I can handle this. I get scared all the time. I I scare myself all the time. (laughs) I do. I I get scared a lot. Uh, And I just have, I have it written on a post-it note right next to my computer. I love it. And it just says, I can handle this. So whenever I get scared, I just say to myself, and you just, I say it, not only the words, but with feeling, I can handle this. I can handle this. Mm-hmm. And what I learned from successful women is even if I fall down, even if I screw up, I just get back up and keep going. And that's the secret. Right. Are there any of those, um, you know, million dollar ladies that you interviewed? Is there any story or message that, that strikes out that you'd like to share with the audience? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I bet. Uh, uh, I think the one that came to me is kind of has to do with your thinking small. So there was one of the women I interviewed, she's one of my, I love them all, but her name was Lois. And Lois was a choir director in a church and she was working 14 hour days. And this is what she's done all her life. She was in her, I think she was maybe in her fifties. And she just got so burned out. And one day she said to herself, I can't do this anymore. It's killing me. Mm-hmm. And she decided she was going to somehow figure out what she was going to do next. But the first thing she did is she called a financial planner and she figured out how she can transition financially and protect herself when she makes this change. So she talked to the, went to the financial planner's office and they were talking and she got really excited. And she said, oh my God, I love what you do. This is awesome. And he said, Lois, you could do it too. And she said, oh no, I have never worked outside a church. Never, ever. Well, within a year, she was working for him. Mm. And the last I talked to her, she was a partner in the firm. Wow. And I think what, what, what I learned from these women, it's a matter of starting with a strong intention. Right. I need to make more money or whatever the intention is in a state in a positive fashion. And then you will watch everything unlike itself, everything that is unconscious or conscious that is keeping you from that will rise to the surface. Mm -hmm. And then you do what you fear. Then you do what you fear and you keep going. And that's kind of like the, 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 the secret sauce Mm -hmm. is having a strong intention letting those unconscious beliefs rise to the surface, letting the fears rise to the surface, looking at sourcing them. And that's when I wrote my last book, Rewire for Wealth, because it really helps you change how those neural pathways that have been wired in your brain to be scared, to hold back, 
to play small, how you can rewire them in a very quick time and move into your greatness. Mm, So good. That is really good. And it just makes you think, you know, I'm thinking about my leadership style through 2008 and through uh, COVID and, and through a lumber crisis with my other company. And, you know, it's so funny because I am so fearless in those down markets. I don't know why. I just feel like I have no fear. I lead better. I, I'm more tenacious. It, it almost motivates me you, more so. You work well. There are people that really are optimized by a crisis. Yes. You're incentivized by crisis. crisis. You know, when everything's fun, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of bored right now. Like, I guess, you know, I don't know what to do really, but <laughs> it's just kind of funny when you, when you stop and think about it. Right. Well, my, I would guess that when you were growing up, you had some crises, you had some hard times that you had to get through. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that was your great motivator. And you found, wow, I do well in crisis. So that became imprinted in your brain. Right, right. I can rise in this. I know how to do this. I can rise in this. (laughs) Optimally, it'd be great if you didn't need a crisis. Right. If you could do it when there's smooth sailing. But that's right. That's right. It doesn't seem that interesting for some reason, but I'll I'll have to figure (laughs) out a good workaround with that. Thankfully, tennis and golf keep me busy, which is good. Um, okay. So last question, as we wrap up here, Barbara, tell me if you had to pick a favorite book of yours, which one would it be? Oh, there's no question. My, the favorite one I wrote or my favorite book out there. Well, let's do both. Let's do, I was asking for yours, but I'd also like to know your favorite one out there. That's a good idea. Oh, and my favorite book is it's like asking me my favorite child, right? You know, <laughs> no, you can't ask me that. Okay. But I guess my favorite book, if I had to pick would be a book I wrote called Sacred Success because it's when I came out of my spiritual closet mm-hmm. and I talked about how important the practical is, but really for so many women like me, financial success is really a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite book all time that has really informed my life and saved my ass many times is A Course in Miracles, Okay, which is a spiritual text. Okay. I haven't read that one yet. It's not light reading. It's not something you read. It's something you, uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's difficult reading, but it's really, it's about mind training Mm -hmm. that our mind creates our thoughts and our feelings is what creates our reality. And when you learn how to train your mind to create what you want, you completely change your reality. Do you think it would be a good audible, like a good listen? There, there is an audible, but it's, it's, it's not something you listen to. I mean, you can listen to it and enjoy it and have fun, right. but there's three, there's three books. There's the text, the workbook and the manual for teachers. Okay. And it's the workbook. It's the workbook is consists of 365 lessons mm. and it's every day, which I've been doing for 35, 40 years, Ooh. every day I read a lesson and each lesson is an affirmation that shifts your thinking. Okay. I love it. Great chair. You are so kind. I love your energy and I love the message that you shared with our audience today, Barbara. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I, I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. 
I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.